This is the Saturday to Sunday Football Podcast. This is where it all counts. This is why we're here. This is why each one of us are here. And now, here's your host. Welcome back to another edition of the Saturday to Sunday Football Podcast. I am Paul Pertichese, and thank you for joining me as always. NFL Draft Recaps still continuing. This is part five of the eight-part series where we are going division by division, breaking down every team's draft, my favorite picks, my value picks, what I questioned about their draft or decision-making, and just an overall synopsis in terms of what I thought their process was, what I liked about the draft, what I didn't like about the draft. And today... We are going to kick it off in the AFC with the AFC East. Up first will be the Buffalo Bills. I was a huge fan of the Bills draft. They kicked it off in round one by by making a small trade up to take Florida cornerback Kair Elam. I thought their process were not taking Brees Hall and realizing that they were desperately needed reinforcements at the cornerback position made sense with Andrew Booth falling down the board due to health and durability concerns. Kyler Gordon falling down the board because of his slow 40 time at the combine. To me, Kair Elam was the last guy from the cornerbacks who was going to go in round one. The bills moved up to make sure they solidified getting him to help uh, shore up that cornerback room for the Bills in that secondary. In the second round, they get one of my favorite players in the entire draft, and that is Georgia running back James Cook. I have been on record as saying that he was my third running back in his class. He reminds me so much of Alvin Kamara when Alvin Kamara was coming out of Tennessee. Will he be able to replicate Alvin Kamara's success at the NFL level? Who knows? But in terms of usage, in terms of being underutilized in college, in terms of his ability to be an impact receiver at the next level and be a space runner and maybe even more rushing upside in between the tackles than I think we give him credit for. I really like James Cook. I think he'll start in Buffalo with a very specialized role. They wanted J.D. McKissick this offseason. That deal fell through when he went back to Washington. But I think they got a plus, plus, plus version of J.D. McKissick in James Cook. I think he can be a 70 to 80 catch type player out of the backfield. I think he can handle 13 to 14 touches a game. So I think he's immediately going to become their best all around back. I think he's far superior in talent than Zach Moss and Devin Singletary. I think he's the type of guy that as the year goes on, they're just going to keep putting more and more on his plate. Really like that pick. In the third round, they took Baylor linebacker Terrell Bernard, pick 89. In the fifth round, they took Boise State wide receiver Khalil Shakir. In the sixth round, they took the punt god himself, San Diego State punter Matt Ariza. In the sixth round, they had two more picks. They took cornerback Christian Benford out of Villanova. Then they took Virginia Tech offensive tackle Luke Tenuta. And then the seventh round, Clemson linebacker Braylon Spector. So I kind of already went through my favorite pick, and that was James Cook. I also love the Keir Elam pick. I told you why. The aggressive move up, not going Brees Hall there, making sure they – Added reinforcements in the secondary, especially at the corner position, which they needed. Elam was the last round one guy worthy. They went and got him. So those are my favorite two picks. Value pick far and away is Khalil Shakir. If he would have went 
you know, when I was doing the draft projection notebook, one of the things I was really wrestling with was whether or not I can get Khalil Shakir into my, you know, top 105, which is meaning he would go in the first three rounds. I was never able to get there, but I did think he warranted going at the end of round three or the early portion of round four. So for them to get him in round five, I think he adds the perfect complement to Stefan Diggs, to Gabriel Davis, to James Cook coming out of backfield. You can do all different things with Khalil Shakir. He's going to, he's going to, Fill the the void left by Cole Beasley, but he's also he's also another guy like Isaiah McKenzie who you can do those push passes, you can do those jet sweeps, you can do those wide receiver screens, get him the ball in space. But he's a very good route runner as well. I would be, I think he's going to carve out a role even as a fifth round pick. I expect when Buffalo goes, you know four or five wide, you're going to see Shakir and McKenzie and Diggs and Gabriel Davis. I, I really like what the Bills are doing there on offense. They're adding space players. They're adding playmakers. That's what that's what they're all doing. And that's why parts of what the Giants are doing have me excited too, because I think Buffalo is on to something. Matt, you know, Matt and I here for years have been saying the league is a space game, creating problems, stressing defenses. Well, space players, guys who can make you miss, guys who can be versatile and used in a variety of ways. Now they have James Cook, Khalil Shakir, Isaiah McKenzie, who all can be used in a variety of ways. And you add that on to a top five wide receiver in the league in Stefan Diggs and a rising, you know, receiver in Gabriel Davis, who we saw what he did in that playoff game. And you're talking about a very hard offense to defend, and that's not even counting that Dawson Knox really developed last year into a good tight end as well. The rushing ability of Josh Allen, his ability to play off structure, they're going to be a very, very tough team to beat in that. So love the value on the Shakir pick. If I was going to question anything that they did, I think there might have been other guys that I pivoted to instead of Terrell Bernard in the third round. There were other linebackers there that I liked a little bit more. But that seems a little bit nitpicking. I like some of the players on, on day three. Obviously, I talked about Shakir already. I, I like the punter, you know, Ariza. You know, he can flip the field in, in a second. I like the upside of Christian Benford, a very athletic, very toolsy cornerback from Villanova. And I think Balen Spector is a guy who can be a core special team player coming from Clemson. A good pick there in the seventh round as well. If we take this to the Miami Dolphins, now obviously the Dolphins did not have a lot of picks. Uh, because of the Tyree Kill trade, uh, because of the trade up last year to get uh, Jalen Waddle, so they were a little short on ammunition in this draft. They didn't make their first pick to round three, pick one hundred and two. They took Georgia linebacker Channing Tindall in the fourth round. They took Texas Tech wide receiver Eric uh, Azuma. In the seventh round, then they took California linebacker Cameron Good. In the seventh round, they took Kansas State quarterback Skyler Thompson. So in terms of their draft hall, they were lacking a lot of picks, obviously, but Tyree Kill, superstar. Jalen Waddell, superstar last year. So obviously they were short on picks due to those trades. But with the things they had, I would say my favorite pick was Channing Tindall. I thought he had a legit chance to go mid-round too. So I, I thought if he would have came off the board like pick 50 or 55, I wouldn't have been that surprised. I'm actually stunned that he fell to the late, late portion of round three in the compensatory section because Tyndall's a guy that, yeah, I know he played on that loaded Georgia defense, so he got lost in the shuffle a little bit, but very athletic, very rangy, cover skills, like almost fits the modern 
NFL linebacker in terms of what you want for sub packages and the ability to chase and run. Uh, I like Tyndall. I think he can be a, a starter pretty quickly uh, for that team. If not, definitely play a, a role right off the bat in sub packages and stuff like that. Uh, I didn't find any value in anything they did in terms of value picks besides Tyndall. I guess I could have put him as a, as a value pick and my favorite pick. Uh, I don't really question anything they did. Taking Cameron Good in the seventh round, taking Skylar Thompson. I, I think those are fine picks. Uh, so it, they, I thought they got a good development, the quarterback in Thompson. Uh, I like that they took a wide receiver in a Zygma that's different than what they have, right? It gives them a lot of size to pair with Jalen Waddell and, and Tyree Kill. And then the Channing Tindall pick, obviously I talked about that and why I like him. But all in all, obviously, if you take into account that these draft picks helped them secure, you know, Jalen Waddle last year and helped them secure Tyree Kill. It's it's hard to really uh, have too many gripes gripes for what the Dolphins did. It's really now all about Tua and whether or not he can develop into that franchise quarterback and maximize the skill sets of Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle. I think that is very questionable right now. Next up was the New England Patriots. Uh, as always, the Patriots usually do things that are unique a little bit different than maybe what other people would do. And that trend continued this year after making a small trade down in the, in the twenties in round one, they took uh, UT Chattanooga offensive guard Cole strange in the second round. They traded up to take Baylor wide receiver, Taekwon Thornton, the speedster in the third round. They took at pick 85. They took Houston cornerback Marcus Jones, who's also one of the elite return man in the history of college football. In the fourth round, they took Arizona state defensive back, Jack Jones. In the next fourth-round pick, they took South Dakota State running back Pierre Strong. Another fourth-round pick, they took Western Kentucky quarterback Bailey Zappi. In the sixth round, they had a trio of picks. They took South Carolina running back Kevin Harris, Northwest Missouri State edge rusher Sam Roberts, and LSU offensive guard Chasen Hines. In round seven, at pick 245, they took Michigan offensive guard Andrew Stuber. In terms of my favorite pick, that was clearly Marcus Jones in round three. Really good nickel corner, elite return skills. He's a guy who will be a starter there, fit in really well in that Bill Belichick defense. A value pick, I thought Pierre Strong could have won even earlier than pick 127, so I thought that was a good value. In terms of questionable decisions, there's a couple, right? Cole Strange, I liked the player. I thought he was going to come off the board maybe in the 45-50 range. So I didn't think it was as big an egregious thing picking him at 29. But I do think there was enough teams. Look at all the movement in the early portion of round two. You could have reached out and said, like, you know, we're not looking for maybe a massive haul. And even if you traded back to the top of round two, and maybe you could have picked up a third round pick or another fourth round pick if Cole Strange was the guy you had identified. Part of the the draft is also understanding a little bit about the, you know, the so-called consensus board and having a feel for where other teams might be taking a guy that it was there really was there really nobody else that could have been drafted instead of Cole Strange if for some reason you got sniped by him if you traded back to 35 or 40 and and you know and picked up more assets which you know the Patriots sometimes find good gems on, on day three you know I think that would have been the right play and even then round two I know Tyquan Thornton has a special skill set and I like Tyquan Thornton but I liked him as a late third round pick I liked him where Danny Gray went off the board. Like to me, if Danny Gray's going off the board in the early 100 area, like 102, 105, whatever that was, 
Taekwon Thornton shouldn't be going 55 picks before him in the middle of the second round. Leaving guys on the board like George Pickens and Sky Moore, like that just is questionable. And I know Taekwon Thornton gives that that room, uh, that wide receiver room, a little bit of a different feel. But to me, it, it was definitely a little bit questionable in terms of their decision making. So overall, I just think the Pats seem to reach early based off the consensus board and could have moved around more, picked up more assets, and still got the guys they targeted. You know, I like Strange and Thornton in the picks, but to me, they were half a round to a round too early. And I just think they they weren't so necessary that you couldn't risk losing them if you made another move down and picked up more assets. And then I would have had no problem investing in those guys. Keep this going. Up next, my second or third, I think second, favorite draft of, of anybody uh, on draft weekend. In terms of if we took out all trades and stuff like that and just focused on the draft itself, I think it might be my favorite draft, and that's the New York Football Jets. Uh, they started at pick four, taking Sauce Gardner, the cornerback out of Cincinnati. At pick 10, they took Ohio State wide receiver Garrett Wilson. They made a trade up to pick 26. They have a third first-round pick to take Florida State edge rusher Jermaine Johnson. They made a two-pick trade up with the Giants in the top of the second round to take Iowa State running back Brees Hall. In the third round at pick 101, they took Ohio State tight end Jeremy Ruckert. In the fourth round, they took Louisiana offensive tackle Max Mitchell. And also in the fourth round, they took Texas A&M edge rusher defensive end Michael Clements. In terms of favored picks, there's so many. Sauce Gardner, Garrett Wilson, Jermaine Johnson, Jeremy Ruckert. I like them all. In terms of value picks. I would say again, Jermaine Johnson at 26 instead of at 10 was tremendous value. I think Rucker should have been gone off the board, similar to where Jelani Woods went off the board, not 30-something or more picks later. So I think Jeremy Rucker was great value. I like Max Mitchell a lot. Max Mitchell is a developmental offensive tackle who could develop into a starter. I like Michael Clemens. If he would have went... In the end of round three, I wouldn't have been surprised. He falls to, you know, midway through round four. In terms of questionable, I guess drafting Breeds Hall at the top of the second round, you had Michael Carter. You could have made the case that maybe you invest in a different position, maybe offensive line, and then taking a, a running back a little bit later. But to be honest with you, Breeds Hall is the number one running back in this class, and the Jets actually have a pretty strong roster. It's all about Zach Wilson now. So I don't mind them taking Brees Hall. I, I would say if I'm nitpicking, it was my most questionable move. But there, I don't think there was a lot of other guys definitively there that I would have said, okay, I'll definitely take him over that. Even the Jeremy Rucker pick. They didn't need to take Jeremy Rucker, but it was it was great value. It was a great, great pick for them. So overall, to me, it's the best draft, pure draft of any team from draft weekend. When you tie into what the Eagles did and the future picks, I, I can maybe say I like the Eagles Weekend a little bit more in terms of getting a future first round pick with that trade with the Saints, uh, getting AJ Brown. But in terms of the draft, this was the best draft of any team. To me, they got four first round talents. They got three top 10 type talents. I didn't mind the trade up. It did not cost them much to get Jermaine Johnson. It did not cost them really anything to get Brees Hall. Uh, they got great value on Jeremy Ruckard. I like Clemens. Uh, besides maybe not addressing the O line a little bit more, uh, I have a hard time finding many gripes with the, with the Jets draft. Really strong draft there by the Jets. Uh, 
So there it is, guys. The Jets, the Patriots, the Dolphins, and the Bills. Uh, I know I forgot to do this on the last podcast uh, when I broke down the NFC North. But in terms of ranking the draft classes, ranking what happened on draft weekend, uh, Jets far and away my favorite uh, in terms of what happened draft weekend. Uh, Patriots definitely my least favorite. I would say on draft weekend, the Bills was my second favorite, followed by the Dolphins, followed by the Patriots. But if you're, if you're going to count that they got Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddell due to not having draft capital, you could almost push them all the way above the Jets in terms of if you count both of those trades that got those guys. But th- that's hard, especially since the Jalen Waddell trade was a year ago. Uh, so I love the, Jeff dra- the Jets draft. A lot of questions about the, the Patriots draft. I like the Bills draft. I would probably put them in number two. Uh, and then probably Patriots, Dolphins, if we're talking just what happened on draft weekend. If we take the trades in it, you can make the case the, the Dolphins move all the way to the top, then the Jets, then the Bills, then the Patriots. Uh, but I think the Jets got a lot better. I think the Bills added some really intriguing pieces to keep that offense humming and short up the defense a little bit with the Kyrie Elam pick. Uh, Obviously, the Dolphins were all with all this draft class is all about Tyree Kill, right? I mean, they got Channing Tindall, but this draft class would be does Tyree Kill turn them into a you know a perennial contender? Do we get answers on Tua? I, I think we'll find out this year. Or the Dolphins, similar to the Eagles, will be back in the quarterback market next year because they both have two first round picks, so they got a leg up on everybody to get to where they want to get to in the draft next year as well. And the Patriots, listen. The Patriots find a way to win football games every year, but I, I I feel like it's been a long time since I thought they had a strong draft weekend, and and that has kind of played itself out. Everybody who criticizes the Patriots most years, it's not like we've really been wrong lately. I mean, besides Mac Jones being a functional starter last year, the Patriots seem to make a lot of questionable decisions on draft weekend. It makes you question as smart as Bill Belichick is, and I think he's the greatest football coach, hands down, bar none. I'm just not sure if he's the one controlling a lot of these picks. Uh, I feel like he's not doing the best job there. He's, he's pigeonholing too much into guys that he fits in and he's losing sight of moving around in terms of reading the board and, and stuff like that. Uh, but they find a way to be competitive every single year for sure. So there it is, guys. AFC East is in the books. Uh, next podcast will kick off with the AFC North. I'll go through the Bengals, the Ravens, the Browns, and the Steelers uh, up next. So please continue to listen to these podcasts. Reach out to me on Twitter. Get over to the website. Check out the premium notebooks. Still so much value. I just updated my overall positional dynasty rankings, adding all the rookies in. Uh, I've been constantly updating my my rookie dynasty rookie rankings for your dynasty rookie drafts. You could still make use of the draft projections notebook, which has thoughts on over 400 players, strengths, and some and developmental areas. You get the scouting notebook, which has 100 detailed player profiles on the offensive skill players to help you for your dynasty leagues. Uh, and then the rankings notebook, the Debbie rankings are updated, the dynasty rookie rankings are updated, the positional overall dynasty rankings are updated. So please, uh, if you're a longtime listener of the show, it would be greatly appreciated if you check out the notebooks. Uh, it is really what we need uh, to continue to do what we do here at Saturday to Sunday. It's one low price of $9.99 to get everything that we provide 
uh, in terms of our premium content. So please check it out. Reach out to me if you have any questions. So on behalf of our sound tech engineer, David Nicano, and myself, thank you for joining us. And I look forward to next time taking you from Saturday to Sunday.